You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, Steph, and today I'm joined with Chris once again on a Thursday. It's January 19th, and we're going to be talking about the 49ers and this matchup they have with the Cowboys on Sunday. How you feeling today, Chris? I'm good. I'm good. Doing well. How's your week going? It's it's going, you know. We were just talking about it before we went live, but I'm ready for this game. Like, I just wanted to happen already. And uh, so, like, we're kind of talking in circles at this point about this matchup. I just, I'm ready to go. I'm sure the players are also ready to go. So I'm, I'm just looking forward to it. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Uh, I know we just have the presser going on right now. So getting some good stuff from D'Amico and Chris Forrester. And I've been checking out some of the, uh, the sound bites from the, uh, the players this week in the locker room and everything. So they seem amped. Yeah, they're pumped. Uh, D'Amico was asked a couple things, you know, he's always getting asked about the head coaching interviews. He has one today with the Broncos that is going to be in person. I'm assuming they're flying out to Santa Clara or South Bay to see him. I I can't imagine he would go uh, to Colorado to, to have that interview. So, but these things are happening. You know, I think he has four interviews this week before the game on Sunday. So he, he's got a pretty busy schedule in the next couple of days, but I, I, I'm not too worried about it. Um, I, I know he'll, he'll manage his time just fine, but there was also another person, uh, a personnel member of the 49ers who, you know, we just heard it got uh, hired away. I talked about it yesterday on the show, Rand Carthon. And uh, yes, you, you know, Rand a little bit, right? Uh, tell me yeah. a little bit about that. Uh, how, yeah, how yeah, I do. Yeah. 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 So I got to give Rand a shout out. Um, he actually pledged me in my fraternity at University of Florida. So we're in Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. So you know, proud of Rand, happy for him, um, of course, getting that GM job. So so shout out to him. Um, another thing I got to mention real quick, though, Steph, too, like something that's not really being talked about too much. Right. Like, you know, it's been known for a long time, you know, like with the, the league being comprised of like mostly, you know, black and, you know, players of color and such. Not always has the league been like reflective of that in like front offices, especially senior, you know, senior level positions and like on coaching staffs. And it's really cool to see like, you know, so many minority, you know, coaches and like staff members, Martin Mayhew, Rand, of course, Mike McDaniel, Robert Sala, um, going and getting other jobs. I mean, D'Amico's a hot, you know, commodity right now. He was even last year. It's really cool seeing, you know, um, you know, those guys go out there and get, get opportunities and such and have them have come up and, you know, through the, through the ranks with the Niners. So that's cool. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the 49ers, I think <clears throat> I mentioned it yesterday, they they've benefited the most out of this new, um, you know, I, I wouldn't even call it a rule, but, uh, you know, this new program that they have of, of, uh, rewarding teams for having, uh, developed these coaches that are getting hired away. Um, and make no mistake about it, these guys were in the building before this this program even came to be. So like That's, they they, yeah. all, they already embraced like the you know having uh you know diverse perspectives and and people in the building. So I I definitely appreciate that. I don't know if you you saw, but there was a video of um Rand getting yeah. uh, introduced you know to to the staff over there in in Tennessee. Really cool moment. 
Um, but as I as I looked around, I was like, man, um, you know, they can they can use some diversity. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, no doubt. You know, I and you know that that's something he can bring. I, I think sure. so. I, I think it, it's it's good. And uh, yeah, I, I I'm happy for him. Uh, sure. I'll definitely Tennessee will those Titan that Titan team going to be someone or a team that I'll you know, follow just like we do the Jets a little bit, just like we do the Dolphins a little bit, just to see where all the, um, you know, people of this org and, and this coaching tree fall, right? I always like to follow them and, and continue to be a fan of their work. Um, let, but let's talk about this matchup that the yeah. 49ers have this week. Cowboys, I mean, you excited about this matchup, right? Because it goes back to the rivalry and, and everything that happened, even as recently as last season, when we met the Cowboys in the wild card round, you know, um, there's a lot of, I think, bad blood from that game that the Cowboys players have like come out and, and said some things, even, uh, you know, radio hosts, Oh yeah, talking yeah. crazy about Christian McCaffrey. I'm yeah. not even going to repeat what they Everybody said is. because it's, it's absolutely terrible. But like, you know, it's just bringing it's bringing the ugly out of, of uh, you know both sides. Uh, so, what do you think about this uh, matchup and how these two teams might react playing each other once again? Yeah, I'm hyped. So I'll be 40 this year. So I grew up, you know, through the 90s. So I saw all those playoff battles and stuff with the with the Niners and the um, Cowboys and such back in the day. Um, you know, the years that they were beating us and going to the Super Bowl and winning it and we beat them and we were trading players. It was a lot of stuff. And my father's like a diehard Cowboys fan. So oh. I didn't like intentionally swing the other way i just happened to you know fall in love with the niners when i was like five years old and he's been he was a cowboys fan but no no i i agree i mean i definitely you know kyle shanahan said this week that you know the the niners and cowboys meeting you know over the years and back-to-back playoffs like in the 80s and 70s and 90s is what kind of like renewed the rivalry um i i feel that now again i think some some people who maybe didn't remember or didn't become fans until after those 90s games those games in the '90s didn't really have the the animosity or feeling of the of the rivalry that maybe some you know some people from my generation do, but I'm sure they do now. And and to your point about the players, like yeah, man, I mean, you know how it is. It's kind of cliche, right? You know, you've got the players that got eliminated by a squad, so they they've been thinking about it all summer. And yep, like I think exactly. Dax said, rip that free, rip yeah, free. right. No, <laughs> yeah, like Dax talking about like. You know how it's, it's motivating him. You know that that playoff loss. Although, like, I mean, how how motivated was he? You know, what I'm saying he led the league in interceptions, right? But, but, um, so, you know, I, I think they're they're at their height. You know, I think that our players are. But Nick Bosa said some stuff earlier this year. I'm mean, earlier this week in the locker room talking about needing to be hair on fire and everything. So, um, I think in, in particular, I think Nick Bosa and uh, Fred Warner are going to be probably really you know getting everyone locked in and excited because nick missed half the game with the concussion yes. and then mm-hmm. um yeah last year last playoffs and then uh fred got got banged up last year and had to had to get out go out of the game too so i'm sure they're hype and it's at home so yeah exactly and as of right now i think it's tick pick that was reporting that 
it should be about 75% 49er fans in the house for that game. I mean, we, we knew Cowboys fans would travel well, as long as it's not a takeover or anything like right. that, <laughs> which I, I wasn't expecting to begin with. They can't even fill their own stadium up, uh, <laughs> you know, Those so uh, with their own fans. So, but let's talk about, you, you talked about Nick Bosa, the fact that he missed like a whole half or almost a whole game. Uh, Fred Warner also. Let's talk about what's changed, you know, between these two teams since that matchup, because obviously Nick Bosa, unless, you know, lightning strikes twice and he suffered another concussion or another injury in this game, he'll be available. And also Fred Warner as well. Also got to consider the fact Jimmy Garoppolo at some point, I think it was late in the second quarter. He, that is when his uh, shoulder injury occurred. And after that, in the second half, he played terribly, and it was mostly – you could probably attribute it mostly to that because in the first half he did actually play a pretty solid game. Uh, so that's another thing. We have a we have a different quarterback at the helm, one who is healthy in Brock Purdy, and he's looking good. So uh, we also have Christian McCaffrey as well, who, like, since both of these guys have been part of the lineup, the 49ers are averaging, like, what, close to, like, 33 points per game, I believe, something like that. Yep. So um, we got to consider the differences between these two teams. I unbiasedly would like to say that the 49ers on offense are better than they were last season. On defense as well, I know everyone talks about the secondary, but I do feel as a whole it's a better, better defense. Uh, than it was last year. You got to remember who was at secondary last season when we played the Cowboys. Together, yeah. It was Josh Norman. It was Ambry Thomas. It was Emmanuel Mosley, which Emmanuel Mosley is awesome. But like those other guys had no business being on the field in a playoff game. And yet they were. And yet the 49ers still won. So these are the things that are different this time that I think the 49ers have the edge. I mean, what? I, I'm not really sure what changed with the Cowboys yet. Like, Tony Pollard's featured a little bit more in their offense this season. Uh, Micah Parsons, of course, is still very good. Um, and he probably improved since last season, I, I would say. But besides that, I mean, how different are these two teams uh, this time? Yeah, I think the um, offensively, I think the uh, scale tilts towards the Niners, like you said. Um, I think Tom Compton was starting at right, right tackle because McGlinchey had torn his quad. So, um, you know, I'll be the first to say I'm not the, the biggest McGlinchey fan, but he's been playing some good ball. And I think he's definitely I think he's an upgrade over Tom Compton. So there's a strength there. Um, I think also to your point, McCaffrey, you know, he, he's in, he's engaged more. Um, Elijah Mitchell's got fresher legs because he hasn't he didn't have the whole year like he did last year, even though he did miss some games because he got banged up. But still, he doesn't have as many miles on him as he did last year. I think the offense is just clicking in a different way that it was last season as well. I mean, I think we all can agree that this is probably the, the most dynamic, um, efficient offense that Kyle Shanahan, right now, that Kyle Shanahan has had since he's been in San Francisco. So, right. you know, I, I think that, um, yeah, to your point, you know, we're definitely, um, you know, playing playing better ball, even with some of the same um, players that we had last year. Even, I mean, look at IU. Look at the season that he's having now, you know what I'm saying, in comparison to last year. So, um more aggression, you know, more poised, um, getting after it. So, 
Yeah, yeah. so I, I I I don't know that there was many there how much um was different as as it relates to the the Cowboys defensively um last year I mean Diggs was still there getting cooked mm-hmm. by Uke last season um <laughs> to your point he did um, get cooked. yeah Parsons Parsons was there too of course but you know getting you know stiff armed by Debo so all that noise he was talking and he's doing it again but he's doing it but, again yeah. he's setting himself up. Yeah, once again doubt. so uh but let's talk about the aggression of the 49ers because we're mm-hmm. talking about the fact that Kyle Shanahan is is running this offense very effectively and of course uh Brock Purdy as well as executing at a pretty high level and I think we see it we see the trust that Kyle Shanahan has in Brock Purdy and it's leading to more uh, more of a pass-friendly offense a bit, more uh, certainly more than we're used to seeing, right, in, in years past, and especially in the playoffs where, you know, Kyle Shanahan has kind of played like a very safe uh, <laughs> approach, you know, to, to his offense with Jimmy Garoppolo, at quarterback. So that being said, with, with Brock Purdy and Kyle Shanahan having more uh, comfort, I guess, with each other and, and um, throwing a little bit more, do you see any – vulnerability in the Cowboys secondary. We talked about Diggs, uh also Jaron Curse. Uh All right. is their other center up. not the center, their their other safety. He is banged up. He said he's 100 percent gonna play. He's dealing with the grade one MCL sprain, but he's gonna give it a go. I mean it's the playoffs. You you kind of just guys guys say, you know, screw it, I'm gonna play all the time in the playoffs. So it sounds like Curse is gonna give it a go. If I can't imagine he's going to be a hundred percent like right, in this right. game with an yeah, MCL no sprain 49ers very familiar with those this season. Uh, those have been multi-week injuries, but again, it's the playoffs, So he's going to try to play through it. And so wh- what are you seeing out of this like Cowboys secondary that the 49ers could possibly look to exploit? I'm thinking on the boundaries. I think that their corners, you know, there's opportunities to, to put some balls up. I am not, I mean, I know that Diggs is a, uh, you know, a robber at times. He gets aggressive. I think there's opportunities to use his aggression against him. Um, and also, again, I mean, Brandon Ayuk had him guarding air last year. So, you know, um, when they were playing in man. So I'm not too concerned in that regard. Um, I know that the Bucks were passing a lot because they were down and they had no running game. But um, I think those guys could be susceptible to, to, some, uh, to some passes on them. Also, I mean – Speaking about Diggs in particular, he didn't look like he had any desire to touch anybody last game either. I mean, he, you know what I mean? So someone you know, pointed that out earlier yeah. in the timeline too. And and what what did the 49ers do best? Like one yards oh. after the catch. So you better be ready to hit after you know your man like catches the ball because they're gonna try to keep going. And two, like they're they play a very physical brand of football. So definitely. Diggs being the kind of player who doesn't like contact too much making business decisions out there that could favor the 49ers. And like we said, curse as well, if he's not 100%, he may not be as willing to tackle or as quick to the ball as he's been um, in previous games. So something, something to keep an eye on. And I know people always people this week, you know, because at this point, what there's only like eight teams left, something like that. So at this point you're hearing, uh, you know, all the media talking about the same teams. So there's a lot of focus on Kyle Shanahan and, and this offense that he's running right now. You've probably seen some of the videos on Twitter. Everyone talking about the 21 personnel and, yep, and what yep. they're mm-hmm. doing with that. And one of the main things 
that makes Kyle Shanahan's offense so effective is that he creates the space. It's like a beautiful choreographed dance that he's he's doing out there. Um, the way that he's able to manipulate defenders and move them out of the way, <laughs> basically, by by drawing them towards other players and getting the guy that he wants open. Uh, so that's the very impressive part. And I think Kyle Shanahan should be able to do that again. I mean, it's just, because it's just so hard to stop every single player and everyone on this team is, is just as capable of making the big play. Right. So I, I, I think that's something we, we see from Kyle. I agree with you. I think that just in addition to them just being great athletes, like, it's that, you know, it's that positionless football that you always hear about with Kyle and um and this type of offense that he has with the Niners right now with these, you know, playmakers, um, getting them out in space. They can run the ball, they can catch the ball, some of them even pass the ball, you know what I'm saying? But um, but more traditionally, yeah, I mean it's it's hard to guard, you know, and especially um to your point about that, that uh that 21 personnel, I think Dan Rolovsky broke that down. I saw that mm -hmm. and it's yeah. maddening, right? And then the way in which like um, you know, Kyle Shanahan will use uh, basically your keys and what you're taught from, as a defender against you. I mean, it's just it's just uh, chaotic. Right. So and then, you know, when when um, as a defender, that is. Yeah. So I agree. I think that, you know, the manner in which, you know, the the, 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 the offense is comprised. It's um, I think it's honestly I don't care who's in the tournament right now. I think, you know, we're, this is a different team that even the chief, the chief saw back in whatever week that was. Um, and uh, I think that uh, it would be a challenge for any defense that that's, that's left in the tournament right now. But, um, but yeah, so I, I'm excited to see it. I mean, I, I tweeted the other day, like, you know, before the first playoff game, like this is my favorite time of year as it relates to, uh, to, to seeing Shanahan and getting his bag and how he stacks plays and how we, how the play designs are. I mean, it's hard to defend. I do think that, um, I am interested about the rush. I am interested about the, the pass rush that um, that the, the Cowboys can bring. I think it's going to be really important, obviously, for uh, – I, I envision that, you know, uh, Dan Camp – not Dan Campbell, Dan, uh, Dan Quinn. Quinn, yeah. Quinn, yeah. Quinn's going to um, – I don't know why I had Dan Campbell in my mind. Dan Quinn's going to um, definitely do some exotic stuff. I, I think yeah. he's going to get people moving around, um, definitely try to get, you know um, – Michael Parsons probably on the left on the offensive right side of the of the line more often doing stunts and such. So I yep. think it's important that when the line in particularly is like, you know, if there's someone not in front of you, go find work, right? Because they're definitely gonna be moving around the defenders, doing stunts, trying to um, you know, force the uh the 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 Brock Perry to speed up his clock. So I anticipate some of that from the line in particular. Yeah, I do too. And this is probably the toughest uh, defense, objectively speaking, that Brock Purdy has faced to this point since he became the starter, right? So I, I think there's definitely a, a big test here. But I think there's some things that Kyle Shanahan could do to oh, make sure. it a little, little easier on his quarterback, given that, you know, in last week's game against the Seahawks, I think it took him some time to kind of, kind of settle in. And maybe that was just the playoff jitters. Um, there might be some of that again with what the Cowboys try to do on defense and with their pass rush. They're going to try to make Brock Purdy uncomfortable. Um, and so I, I think we can see, you know, maybe some screen passes. Uh, maybe we see I some, uh, you know, just quick uh, hot route kind of uh, 
plays for Brock Purdy just to just to get him comfortable, you know, and to kind of neutralize the the uh, Cowboys pass rush a little bit because, yeah, I'm with you. I think they're going to try to do a lot of exotic things. And the fact that Dan Quinn and Kyle Shanahan know each other so well from that time in Atlanta, they're going to try to like outmatch each other at every turn. So I think it's going to be a chess match between those two. But at the end of the day, any other time that Kyle Shanahan has played someone who, you know, he has coached with before, he kind of throws the kitchen sink at him. I mean, yeah. he he'll he'll do things. Uh, he'll do new things that he maybe hasn't done before, um, or hasn't shown before. And that's the beauty about what Kyle Shanahan does. And we were just talking about it a little bit a little bit ago before we went live because uh, uh, Chris Forster, Forty uh, ers offensive line coach, was just speaking to the media. And he was talking about the fact that, you know, Kyle Shanahan is great at making adjustments based on what the defense is doing. He can call the play on the fly that wasn't even part of the game plan, the original game plan, just because this is what the defense is doing. Okay, we're going to do this then. So I, I think because of that, because he can do that, I think the 49ers are in a good position to be able to adjust to whatever pressure the the Cowboys potentially bring to Brock because I'm expecting it, you know. Um, so, yeah, I yes, it, it, it's going to make Purdy uncomfortable, but I think he'll get settled down, and I think Kyle Shanahan ultimately is going to be able to help him out a bit with that and these playmakers, of course. Yeah, without a doubt. I, I agree, and I think this might be one of the games in which um, – as of late, to your point earlier, I think that we were, you know, passing to set up the run. This might be a circumstance where we're kind of running to set up the pass, just simply to set, to like neutralize that pass rush, right? And, um, you know, start killing them with play action, um, you know, throughout the game also. I, I don't know. I'm not trying to be too overly optimistic or a homer too much when I say this, but I think the running game is just too dynamic. I mean, it's just, I mean, not only is it explosive, but the players are different, right? I mean, Christian yeah. McCaffrey is different from Elijah Mitchell, who's different from Jordan Mason, who's different from Debo, right? Just the manner in which, you know, um, you know, that the defenders have to always be on their toes just to see, you know, what, what the alignment is and the way that Shanahan makes four plays look like one play and you can run out mm-hmm. of it, you can pass out of it. Um, then, of course, you know, you got the pre-snap stuff that, uh, you know, Brock Purdy can adjust to with, you know, um, calling audibles and all that. I do expect um, um, Dan Quinn to probably disguise some coverage, you know, and right. try to try to confuse he- him a little bit. But to that point, you know, and to your point a second ago, um, I would suspect that uh, Shanahan probably knows some of those tendencies from, you know, Quinn. But even aside from that, just in general, right? Like a defense may do this pre-snap or post-snap or whatever. Um, but, you know, the answers are always there as we always talk about. And um, you know, there's always that uh, opportunity for Brock to even be shifty and, mm-hmm. you know, c- pick up some pick up some uh, yards with his feet if he has to. So um, I'm real confident in in the, the ability to set up the run to set up the pass in this game. The Cowboys have a decent defense. Right. I'm not trying to say that they're not um, or uh, or, you know, shortchange them or whatever the case. But. One thing that's kind of blowing my mind is, you know, just the narrative right now. You see it on Twitter. You see it on, you know, the national media right now that they're just so enamored with how well they played last week. Right. On both sides of the yeah. ball against the Bucks, And and you spoke to this earlier this week in your pods and conversations and stuff. And I feel the same way. Like. 
I live here in Tampa, you know what I'm saying? I love nothing more, you know, for all these like, you know, fair weather, fair weather, like, you know, Bucks fans to, you know, be upset at work this week because they got handed, they got it handed to them on, on Monday night. But like, it was the Bucks. Like they, they look, <laughs> they look like they didn't want to be in that stadium. Like seriously, yeah, like they have they no did. energy. They had yeah. zero run game, ran the ball 12 times. I, I tweeted after the game, I'm like, Savor the flavor, Cowboy fans, you know what I'm saying? Because the game's going to be different on, on Sunday, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And and that could be something bad for the Cowboys in a sense because if they came out of that game feeling too good and, right. and too confident, it, yep. is that false confidence? You know what I mean? The fact that they what they were able to do against the Bucs. Uh, someone had pointed out uh, not too long ago on, on Twitter, I think it was John Chapman before we went live, he said uh, – he pointed out the fact that the Cowboys lost to uh, the Commanders twice this season. A team that, for me, I, I think didn't realize that they got swept. Wow. Yeah, um, and to me, they're similar in a way to the makeup of the 49ers. If you look at the things they do well on defense and uh, even on offense, you know they like to run the football a lot too, and it's a very physical brand of football that they play on offense as well with their two running backs. Um, so that being said, yes, they are divisional opponents. Those games are always a little somewhat different because you know each other so well, and so you match up better with each other. But, you know, just the fact that they're similar – I, I feel like that goes to show that the 49ers, the way they're built and, and the culture that they have as well, I think that could give the Cowboys some problems in this game. And that's something I don't think they're really considering because just like last season when they faced the 49ers, they were thinking we're the top offense, with which this season they are one of the top, but they're not the top like they were last season. And again, the 49ers defense is better. The 49ers offense is even better. So, like, I'm not I'm not sure what is different for the Cowboys enough to say and call them like a, a favorite for this game. I don't, I don't think there's enough. Yeah, that's a really good point you made. You made a you made all good points right there, too. And it made me think it's really interesting how the narratives are right now, right? Like all I've been hearing and seeing, um, even from some minor fans, which is fine, you know, objectivity is important, right? But yeah. you know, um, such a such an emphasis on the Niners haven't seen a team like the Cowboys yet, right? And less about how, to your point, when the Cowboys saw a solid defense like Washington, I mean, Washington couldn't get it together on the offense, offensive side of the ball, but they had a pretty solid defense, played us well, even when we played them, played us, played us very physical when we played them. Um, they lost, you know, yeah, swept to your point. Um, you know, I, I'm old enough to remember when they lost in Jacksonville, you know what I'm saying? So, um, and there was a Thursday night game that I watched earlier this year. Oh, was it the, I can't remember what game it was, but there was a Thursday night game that I watched earlier this year too. Um, that uh, recently, maybe it was around Christmas or something, but where they really didn't play well against that team either. So you know, it's it's interesting how um, you know, and and their inconsistencies have been overlooked, right? So you know, one thing that uh, was being talked about earlier by some other content creators was about how. Nick Bosa has one sack in three games and so on and so forth. Well, Nick Bosa hasn't gone back to back games, um, you know, without getting sacked. So I expect Nick Bosa on the defensive side of the ball to have, you know, to be, you know, active and, you know, a game wrecker um, in a sense in this game. Whereas with the Cowboys, you know what I'm saying? You're hearing a lot about, oh, you know, um, they haven't seen anyone like us, in my opinion, like the, like the 49ers. And, and yeah. Dak's been notably inconsistent this year, right? 
Um, even the running game has had its highs and lows. Uh, I think uh, um, Zeke is, is washed. <laughs> and uh, Paul Pollard's really solid, you know what I mean? But he has his moments, too, where the running game isn't clicking. So I just think it's it's interesting from a from a narrative standpoint how that's been uh, has been been talked about this week. But um, regardless, though, I know that, uh, you know, it's going to be really important for the Niners on both sides of the ball. I'm not, I'm not really going to feed into the whole like starting off slow or starting off start on um, fast kind of deal. I think it's more about execution, you know, because I think some of that was our shortcomings as it related to uh, uh, how we got 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 started in the last game against the Seahawks. I agree because, uh, I mean, we can look that the plays were there for Brock Purdy, right? right? And, and guys were open. It was more so, you know, him missing them, him not being all that comfortable in that first half and the first first quarter. Um, and, you know, he just needing that time to kind of like settle in and get comfortable, which he, which he did. And he finished very strong. So you see when he, when he is hitting his guys, when he is executing at a high level, it, there's no ceiling for this offense that we've seen, right? The ceiling is like 40 plus points probably, you know? So I'm, I'm, if if this uh, game became a shootout, I, I think I'd feel more comfortable than I have in the past. But that being said, I agree. That being said, I mean, I think on on defense, you mentioned the run game and uh, of the Cowboys. You mentioned, you know, Zeke. We know we know he's washed, right? And <laughs> the crazy thing is, like in the past, they've always stuck by him, even when he looked yeah. washed. And and now you're you're starting to see. I, I think this season and in these last couple games, you're seeing a shift where they kind of know that Pollard is the better uh, player. So they're featuring him a little bit more. Uh, So when I I think the biggest thing for the defense, first and foremost, and this is in every game is stop the run and and stop the running back because Tony Pollard could do more than just run. He could also do screens. He could be effective as a, as a check down option for Dak. So you got to stop him at all costs my opinion. And then you do that. And then everything else starts the, the chips kind of fall from there. You know what I mean? But that's what they got to do first and foremost. And you take that away. And, and then it's Dalton Schultz, take, take him away because that's his other uh, safety net. So you got to make Dak uncomfortable by taking away his, his safety net. So those two guys right there. And then of course, defend better on the back end. We just saw Charverius Ward have a, you know, not so great game. It was his probably worst game after the the Chiefs game in week seven, right? Which we know he was coming back from injury in that one. Um, a little uncharacteristic, but uh, maybe we could just chalk it up as him playing Metcalf a third time. You know, Metcalf seemed to study Charverius Ward pretty well uh, before, ahead of that game and had a good idea of how to beat him because they had gone against each other um, so many times uh, this season. So, what are you thinking about Charvarius Ward? Are you, is there any reason to be worried about him at, at this stage? I'm not. Um, you know, I think it's more so about uh, what are habits, right? What are trends? And, you know, um, Charvarius Ward getting beat like that, like he did for that 50-yard pass on that touchdown, um, that's not a trend, right? I think also that that was more so a matter of – it's interesting, too, because you see Charvarius Ward on that play – 
play the back shoulder pass, which has he's been he's been getting got on because a lot of teams have not been trying to go over the top on him. So they'll try to do the back shoulder, the comeback or whatever. And he tried to play that right. He tried to play that right, but that's not what it was. So in, you know, it slowed him down. And, and DK is DK. I mean, DK is not, you know, he's not a scrub, you know what I'm saying? So, so I think that, um, you know, he'll learn from that and maybe, you know, get coached up on technique or, or, or uh, uh, address his technique to where, and it's really difficult to play the back shoulder and the go route at the same time, um, or maybe be willing to give up the back shoulder pass, but not the go route. Right. So uh, I think that that's not a trend for Stravarius Ward. I think that um, I think I was seeing on your on your uh, discussion the other night um, outside of that. I think he, he went for six for 90, I think, on um, the DK Ward did on Shreveus Ward. So aside from that one play, it was like, what, five for 40 something yards. So so I think that um, outside that's the glaring one, obviously, but I'm not overly, overly concerned. Um, it's ironic, right? Because like the Diamond Lenore had a really good game, yeah. so yeah. that's the positive. That's the positive aspect of it. So maybe, maybe that was a plan, right? They're like, okay, <laughs> I'm gonna have a bad game, and you have a good one, and then next week they won't. We'll both won't, be good. Yeah, we'll right. <laughs> yeah, and then and then and uh, Shavarius Ward has history guarding on uh, CD Lamb. He's seen him before, and actually had a pick um, on him before too. So um, I think he'll be all right. That's a good point. I think he will be all right, too, because he's the type type of corner who uh, just exudes confidence. It didn't seem like that confidence was there in, in that game against Seattle. I think he's he'll be right back to his normal self. And if anything, he'll have a little bit, you know, extra fire to to oh, prove sure. like that. That's not me. OK, so and yeah, I, I was thrilled by the game that uh, Lenore played, uh, you know, so hopefully his confidence also can can bring him to to that same type of game. Got his pick that he was yeah, exactly from, from the last Seattle game. Yep. Another thing I wanted to mention about Ward, he did have a yeah. We're we're talking about all the all the passes that he did allow, but he had a really big play. The one right before uh, the Omenahue strip sack. Oh, the pass breakup. It was a pass breakup in the end yep, zone yep. on DK. Yep. That was huge. Yep. If he doesn't do that, the drive's over right there, and we don't get that strip sack. So I agree. That's a good point about. because how he positioned his body and he wasn't able to play his hands because DK kind of dove a little bit. So his ability to kind of like put his hand up kind of deflected the ball. You're absolutely right. I forgot about that. So yeah, that's, that Charvarius, was huge. Charvarius, he's he's still a him. You know what I mean? He's, yeah. He is him still. Uh, so I'm not worried about him. Uh, but, yeah, I, I could see a game where – you know, the Cowboys try to pass a lot and maybe they do have some set success dinking and dunking a little bit like we saw the Seahawks do. But at the end of the day, I think this defense is set up to make adjustments accordingly um, and take away whatever is working uh, for the opposing offense. So if we see the Cowboys move the ball in the first half, I think there'll be some adjustments and we see you know, a better performance in the second half. That's kind of been, we're talking about trends. That's kind of been the trend as of late with this yep. defense, kind of getting a feel for what they're doing on offense. Locking okay, in. let's shut it. Let's shut it down now. Hot in the second take. Half. Hot <laughs> take. So, so I think, I think that uh Tano Hufunga is due, right? I don't know yeah, if that's, a, it feels if like that's it. a hit. I don't know if that's a forced fumble. I don't know if that's an interception, but uh Tano Hufunga is due. So, Let's be looking out for him to make some noise in this game. 
Yeah, either, either one, him or Gibson. Like they. Oh yeah, they've, Gibson's been getting his. Win. Yeah, he's been getting some interceptions. Yeah, and stuff. I, yeah. I would take a turnover however I can get it. You That's, know what fair. I mean? That's fair. That's <laughs> so, fair. But yeah, I think Hufunga, like, uh, just based on the first half of the season he had, and then he had that stretch where he like kind of struggled, gave up a lot of touchdowns. He, you know, he needs to get that back, that swagger. So. I, I would like a, a turnover from him. You know, one thing that I talked about yesterday in the pre- defense preview episode, because uh, Jerry Jones talked about the fact that uh, that the Dak Prescott is mobile and that could give the 49ers defense some trouble. Here's one thing that maybe Jerry Jones didn't know, that he has four fumbles, I believe, I believe it's four fumbles as a rusher this season mind you he doesn't even like do it that often so like to me that's a pretty significant amount he has 33 carries or attempts right whether that be designed runs or scrambles 33 and he has four fumbles that's not good right it's not good so that's that's something to keep an eye on like if if you're Hufunga like that there's your moment right there like knock that ball loose Greenlaw anyone you know so keep an eye on that in this game it, it could be something because it wouldn't surprise me if the Cowboys did try to uh, encourage Dak to run a little bit in this game which I'm personally I'm not too worried about uh, maybe in the red zone it, it might be a factor but outside of that I don't think it, it's much of anything yeah that's fair and they have a pretty good and actually that's the strength of their team um also, shout out to Brandon Johnson. That's my little brother. But like, um, so they actually have a uh, that's a strength to their team being a red zone, um, you know, their red zone scoring and such. Um, I agree with you, Steph. I think that, you know, Dak, Dak can move a little bit. He's not I wouldn't consider him to be a dynamic runner by any stretch. Um, but I feel that, uh, you know, D'Amico, the squad played the Cowboys before they know. If anything, they're probably a little less familiar with Brock Purdy's ability to kind of move around and, you know, scoot a little bit. And so he actually does it and sees, you know, his his short yard quickness that he ha- that he possesses. One thing I will say about Brock, um, either in the pocket or I'll say a couple things in the pocket and getting out of the pocket is um, I think a lot of, you know, you've said this before and some others have said it as well. Um, the second thing I'll talk about. The first thing is I want him to protect the ball a little bit, right? I I get worried when I see him in the open field, kind of just running yeah. with the ball in his hand like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand if you want to kind of like act like you're going to pump and then like bring it down. Um, but then also like um, in the in the pocket, how he always spins out to his left, that's going to be something that a good defense is going to begin to figure out. Yeah. So, uh, oh, coach. is that – sorry, Brock Purdy just came up. He in the, just in the presser. Did, Just yeah. now? <laughs> This is so yeah, funny. Just, me, uh, me and me and Chris were like, okay, uh, the 49ers are are in a presser right now, so let's just wait until they all go. Literally, like we were waiting and waiting an hour ago almost, and we were yeah, like, right. Rock Purdy's next, so let's just wait. I'm glad we did not wait. No, right. <laughs> I know right? Live right now. I'm gonna check the Twitter though and see if there's anything you know he says that's interesting because uh like like we said, this is a big matchup for him, you know. Um but but I'm excited for it. And we talked about the run. I think that that's oh, yeah, I'm be sorry able about to help that. him out. Oh no, that's right. No. That's what I was saying. Sorry before the speaker yeah. came on with him talk, talking. Yeah, him spinning to the left, like you know, oh, yeah, that's you're a gonna trend. figure that out, right? And I don't mind yeah. him, you know, being elusive and you know, evading, but the problem when he spins to the to me, when he spins to the left looking to pass, 
he has to set again, right? So yeah. that's something I think um, he just has to be cognizant of. I wonder if because he did that so much in the first half against Seattle. For one, he didn't need to because the yeah he built the pockets were clean. Time. He was just kind of I don't know what. Uh, but again, maybe it was just the playoff jitters. Maybe and hopefully he doesn't do that in, in this game. But that's something that defenses are going to start keying in on. That okay, sure. he likes to go to his left. Uh, so make sure you you gotta you know keep an eye on that. Uh, that one incompletion that he did in the fourth, I believe it was the fourth quarter to Ayuk. He went to his right that time, and he started going to his left, and then he he turned over to his right. I wonder if that was him thinking to himself, "Oh wait." I'm, let me not do that because I I was they told me I shouldn't do that. I did it too much in the first half. So like right. I don't know if that was maybe like a a moment for him where you know he's trying to unlearn that going to his That's left fair. kind of thing. That play was I hope so. so. Nice. I mean, because he can't he can't go to his left every time. Because and to your point, it 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 makes it more difficult for him because like you said, right. he does have to uh, set his feet, turn, set his feet. And so moving to his right is much more effective because he is pretty good at throwing on the move too. Yes. Um, and so start going to your right, Purdy. Let's no, let's I, let's try to do that. I agree. And that kind of um I don't know if I want to call it a slow start, but maybe he wasn't firing on all cylinders the first half of the game in Seattle. Yeah, Honestly, once he settled in and the way that the offense looked after that. I think he's good. I mean, I mean, I'm again, I might be, you know, overly optimistic, but I got the feeling at that point, all right, playoffs, this is what it is. I'm mm-hmm. locked in. Um, and uh, you know, having a lot of success, clean sheet, no turnovers. Um, and again, I don't I can't I can't emphasize enough um I think how important it is that these games are happening at home, right? Um yeah. I think I said it would last week, you know, he was playing in the midst of that three. Um, he came in in the midst of that uh, three-game homestand that the Niners had. We've got this game at home, next game at home. Um, this, the last game at home, this game at home, maybe next game at home if the Giants can win. So um, that's all That's all real good. That's all real good in regard to uh, him being able to settle in and uh, be comfortable. Yeah, absolutely, I, and, and I agree with you there. Uh, Michael has a great comment here. He says, Purdy's learning in essentially real time is what's so incredible about his run. I mean, yep. yeah, I I think about this often because it's like, yeah, we give him a hard time um, when he has those, like, first halves, but we got to remember and see. We, we see it. He's learning in real time, and he makes adjustments in-game. That's the really cool part about it, is like he can have a first half that's like really slow and maybe a little clunky here and there, but he finishes the game strong, so he learns in-game in real time, and I, I think that's the greatest part about what he's been able to do uh, so far with this team and, and, and the difference. Uh, one one point I wanted to make, and, and this just is, has kind of nothing to do with uh, what we were directly talking about, but the fact, it, it reminded me because you mentioned the fact that the 49ers are playing at home, and the Cowboys are 1-4 this season playing on grass. Oh, okay. Did you know that? I did so, not. So I do you think that's just a coincidence, or do you think there's something to that, having to adjust to playing on a different type of uh, playing surface? 
There might be a there there. Um, there's, you know, when we talked about trends earlier, I mean, there's, there's, it's something, right. Whether it's yeah. West coast, East coast, you know, indoor, outdoor, whatever the case, there's, there's some type of, there are variables that are impacting that. And sometimes it's even the boneheadedness of the players, right? Like, so for instance, I remember hearing um, on TV that the, uh, the training staff um, ahead of the Vikings Packers game when the, when the, um, um, Packers boat race, the Vikings had told them to have like longer cleats and so on and so forth. And so many of the players didn't want to do that. Um, and like, you know, Justin Jefferson and other people were like sliding all over the place because they couldn't have traction and such. So yeah, there's something, there's something to that. Um, I, I wasn't aware of that. Uh, but, uh, Hey, I'll take it. You know, hopefully they, uh, have some, uh, fresh, freshly cut, nice grass, uh, you know, that, uh, that uh, the Cowboys have to deal with out there on Sunday gives them some difficulty. And it could be a matter of as well, um, maybe their get off, right? Maybe, yeah. you know, as, as it relates to the pass rush or something like that, um, that could, that could impact it potentially as well. So there's something there with that. I think so. Um, and like we said, Hey, hopefully, right. <laughs> hopefully it's not just coincidence. Um, but look, uh, we'll get out of here. We're, we're at 45 minutes now, but one more question for you. Do you have any predictions, any score prediction for this game? I do. So I do think that the Cowboys are going to score some points. Um, I do think that, you know, the Niners will continue to score points as well. So my prediction is 32, 25, San Francisco 49ers. So that's that's my perspective on it. Did you have one yet? Or are you saving that for uh, tomorrow? Um, so I had one the other day. I think it was like on Tuesday, and I already okay. forgot what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I think it was uh it, it was kind of close. Like, um, yeah, I don't remember what I said. But I I usually I do my ones on Friday, right? After I've gone through both of my offense and defense previews for the week because by then I have a really good idea of okay like this is what I think the game will be like based on looking at both sides of the ball um so I'll have a better one then but (laughs) so I'm gonna deflect I'm gonna deflect I'm gonna deflect to tomorrow no doubt yeah, make sure you guys tune into that. I'm going to be doing my offense preview tomorrow, and I'm expected to have Rich, Rich from Madrid, oh, cool. um, on on that one. So we'll we'll get some good insight because there's a lot of talk about Brock Purdy lately. Uh, like I'm seeing two extremes, like both like one is like anointing him as like the unquestioned uh, franchise quarterback for the rest right. of you know eternity, and then the other is like not giving him any credit at all for what he's doing. And so to me, those are like two very, very big extremes that people are on with Brock Purdy. And I think the truth and like the most objective is just somewhere in the middle. You know what I I mean? So I'm excited to talk to Rich about that tomorrow. And so make sure you guys tune in to that uh, preview episode. We'll also talk about all of the matchups that the 49ers offense will have with the Cowboys defense Thank you so much, first Chris, for coming on the show today. Oh, as always, always appreciate it. You're down to be on next week as well. The 49ers coming. Oh, I'm about it. All right. Let's go. Let's do it. All right, guys. Thank you so much for spending your Thursday evening or afternoon with me. Have a good rest of your guys' night. Peace.